What's up, all you motorcycle enthusiasts? D Woods, and welcome back to another mile post of the B Twin Life where we talk motorcycles powered by those B Twins and feel their passion. Why we enjoy it so much. The V Twin Life is sponsored by that Northwest brand, Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them on the World Wide Web at crashinclothing.com and on Instagram at crash underscore inc. And don't forget, if you're on that website ordering yourself some Crash Inc. gear, we got that promo code CRASH1. You only find that here on the V Twin Life. Just a way of saying thanks for tuning in and saving you a few, few dollars on uh, some of that good, awesome merchandise. Don't forget Paradise Harley Davidson down in Tigard, Oregon. They also have Paradise on the shelves. Have Paradise. They got Crash Inc. on the shelves. I'll get it straight. And also, don't forget Long Ride Shields. Guys, if you're looking for a new windshield for your bike and you want you know, something from Long Ride Shields and they got the product and the windshield you want, hey, you can also use that promo code, the Life 15 at checkout. Save 15% off anything long ride shield sells so hey check it out guys longrideshields.com so now let's twist the throttle and get into mile post 35 we're bringing back the return of connor fxdb he's kind of transformed the ron burgundy from the road to the track and i figured hey why not you know get his take kind of see what made him want to do that and and kind of dive on into the setup what he's done and and how he's enjoying track life so let's dive into my post 35 with the man, Connor FXDB. What's, What's up? up? Oh, nothing, man. Out here, literally just got to the track and almost done setting up, but I'm about 99% there. Just need a couple little things and then ready to rock and roll in the morning. Sweet. So, which track are you at today? Uh, I'm up here in kind of north central Texas. I always want to call it north Texas, but it's just southwest of Fort Worth. I'm here at uh, Motorsport Ranch at Crescent. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty dope because the last time we were here, we had a bunch of cruisers, but we got rained out. And then uh, apparently they resurfaced it since the last time we were here. And then the weather on the way up was amazing. So I'm really hoping that tomorrow's going to be just the same and then I can actually get a preview of it. Sweet. Yeah, I, I went out and got old Black Betty out and went to my son and a couple of his buddies are camping out on the coast. So me and a, one of the other parents figured, hey, you know, we'll take the bikes and go for a little ride and, and check on them out there. Got about 20 miles west of Port Angeles. And, dude, I'm no shit. It starts snowing. Really? Yeah. So we stopped. It's like, you know, check the radar. It's like, hey, you know, this looks like we can get through it. It wasn't sticking on the ground, but it was coming down. And well, we get a little farther around the lake. It turns to rain. We climb this little they call it fair home. It's really not. I wouldn't call it a it's not a mountain pass. It's just a big hill where you climb elevation on the other side of the lake. Then it starts hailing. Then it starts sleeting. And then finally it just the blue skies came back. It's like we got all four seasons of Washington in like <laughs> five miles. That must have been pretty epic though. You know, it's one of those days where it's like, you know, I'm so glad I switched to a full face helmet. Oh, dude, I can imagine. I think like Whenever it's cold weather and then I'm riding with my visor open, I can only do it so so long before my face gets a really bad bite. Yeah. Yeah, I switched here probably to a full face about a month ago. I've only ridden a few times in it, but it's like, man, I should have done this a long time because it makes a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Just in the in the warmth. I mean, I notice a lot, especially this time of year. I mean, it's we barely broke out of the mid, mid to high 40s up here and Still trying to get out, go for a ride when I can. Now that you know, back to work and doing all that stuff. It's like on the weekend, try to get a little ride in. But man, it does make a huge difference in kind of keeping you a little warmer. Uh huh. So, 
so let's dive into the whole uh, the whole track conversion you know of kind of what, what kind of inspired you to go that way because i think it's kind of cool you know you've really done quite the the transformation from even from you know i look back through your social media from when you first got your your soft tail to you know the the custom work you did you know the pelican bags and then now you've stripped everything down you're you're going a different route i know i spent so much money to get the look i wanted and then i ended up finding the track uh that pretty much the way the lowrider was that fall of last year before i did my first track day was the epitome of how i wanted my dyna but i could just never afford it and then i was really stoked to have my lowrider get that way and then i just started doing track but it was mostly just because I'm in a Facebook group and a lot of people are always uh, kind of promoting it. And I said, you know what, it'd be kind of cool to try it. And then the organization I do it with, RideSmart, that they're, they focus more on motorcycle school where you'll hit the track, you'll learn a couple of things, go back into like the classroom track, classroom track. And the, the first level that you do, you have to do a PowerPoint. And uh, the first time I thought, I was like, dude, it's going to be death by PowerPoint, right? Like, cause it's like, that's the first thing you think of when there was a PowerPoint presentation, but the way they presented it was identifying key elements that make street riding kind of more dangerous and then just teaching you some of the ways to kind of identify those and then just prepare for the worst in a sense. And uh, they've been really good partners with at the end of jumping on board with Texas track days that that's a, a little group and hopefully eventually do track days with that here in central Texas. But we've also partnered up with Lindell breaks and just little by little, I ended up just finding myself getting addicted to the track. Like the, you just do it one time. And then like the first lap that you do, it hits you that like, dude, this is not the street. This is like a track. And I wasn't going to go all in initially. I was just going to kind of have a spare set of tins. That way I don't wad up my, my OEM burgundy tins. And then I just went down a rabbit hole and I, I'd never looked back because I sold my T bars. That was like the biggest move I did because I've been running that of those bars for about four years. And then it wasn't ergonomic for the progression I wanted to make with track. And I was just like, well, let's just go all in. And the plan was to get a different set of risers and then just swap my bars from like, let's say a four inch riser to the eight inch riser. But then when I had the four inch risers, the brake cable just looked super dumb. And then I said, you know what, let's just swap the brake lines. We'll swap back if we need to for a long trip. And then I just, end up committing 100%. But uh, it's it's super interesting uh, just because the support I've seen in the short amount of time that I've started doing this, uh, that I only had one track under my belt, and then I just kind of started promoting a couple other things, like let's get track going, let's try to get a, a, a Harley-only track day here in Texas because California, all those dogs are shredders. I mean, just ripping canyons. They're already performance Harleys, even if they're stock. And then a lot of them hit the first V-Twin track day in October, and it was just huge. So many people, and then as soon as that first one came out, that was V-Twin track days, and then Drag Specialties came out with their Bagger Racing League. They kind of did it the same day, or they did do it the same day, and they announced the Bagger Racing League's uh, inception. And then a lot of people were like, oh, bro, I got to get on the track with my Harley. And there's just something romantic about just over-exaggerating your body posture on a Harley. And then even though you're not really going that fast compared to sport bikes, the sound of the V-Twin with the exhaust, it just sounds super cool that whenever we were in California, just hearing the the higher levels, like the, the more advanced riders, just ripping out the starting gate, just every time they come by the starting line, it would just roar from like one corner to the next. So it was just super epic. 
you think King of the Beggars had anything really, you know, that whole series when it came about really helped the progression of of what you've seen of, you know, how the track days have grown yeah. in reference to, you know, the V-Twins and Harley and everybody? That's kind of like an interesting topic because there's been guys that have been doing it for a while. You have uh, Eric Stahl and Tony Salima that you have Jiffy Tune Shred Motico. That's who they are. And then you also have Zach, Zach Nation. And there's a couple other players that were doing tracks with their Harleys, but they would kind of get snobbed at. But the people at Chuck Wallace thought there was something in it. They said, that's cool. We're going to let them run, et cetera, et cetera. And they'd been doing, it, I think, for three, four years. And then all of a sudden, Moto America said, we're going to do King of the Baggers. And that kind of, in a sense, legitimized it to the crowds that used to think that Harleys were just kind of like, man, you know, second glance, don't even think about it. And then also, I think everyone was like, oh, snap, there's something here to be gained let's kind of jump in on this. And then everyone just got real hot and heavy for the Harleys. And then even now Harley Davidson, which I think is funny that once all this has been going, it's been out for like four months, maybe something like that, that now the screaming Eagle has their own team. And it's like, dude, you probably could have been on this from the start. And it's, it's super interesting to see it, but like as a Indian that they recently had a meetup for a bunch of moto vloggers out by like Utah or Arizona and they're on the ball with their marketing where they're trying to reach out to younger generations because they had all these influential, uh, I guess, content creators. Like you had Her Two Wheels, you had Marvel Kid and a couple other people, I think Blockhead. And there's all, there was a whole lot more that they got to ride Indians and they're kind of promoting on their channels. And it's super sick because a lot of younger people are like, oh, that's the bike I want. And then Harley's kind of just here doing the same thing where their yeah. marketing is, is marketing to a couple of younger people like you have. Uh, I think it's her name's Axel on Instagram. And then a, like you have Kaylin Thorian, who they're kind of the main front of the Harley image. And I think they're doing a good job of it. But I think Harley could do better at reaching out to a couple other younger people. Because you have Blockhead, who's been doing a lot of stuff on his channel. But it's just been with the help of the local dealership that they see the future and the, the value in what he's doing. That here locally, I've tried with several dealerships over the course of 40 years to kind of try to just even baby steps forward in that direction. They just kind of say, now nah, we're good. We're not interested. I'm like, okay, well, I tried. And then I had someone from a dealership out of state just kind of open talks about something. And I was like, this is interesting. And I, it's, it, it probably won't go anywhere, but just to see the traction that this track stuff has gotten with the Harley uh, versus just kind of cruising. And I, and I think just, the passion I have for track and everything it offers, especially with the safety aspect, I'm real big on like safety with, with riding. Cause there's a couple people who will challenge like, Oh, let's go race in the streets, et cetera, et cetera. But then it's like, dude, I ain't trying to do like, let's say 90 and a 30. And then there's cars coming the other way. That could... The other day we saw a Turkey. Like it was the weirdest thing. Cause people used to always save stuff about turkeys in the road and then cops on the street. Sure. But we're riding and we're speeding a little bit. And there was, I mean, the biggest turkey you could ever see, like the one that you would want on your Thanksgiving table. If you're vegan, it's not the one you want. But <laughs> it was like legit, must have been like eight, 10 pounds. And it was just strutting in the middle of the street. And it's just like, what is, I was tripping. I really wish I had my GoPro going. But I was, it was the strangest thing. And just stuff like that, where there's hazards that even though you might be expecting them, they don't come out when you expect them. And then it's kind of increases the dangers. And when you go faster, if you don't train your eyes, then you aren't ready for that in a sense. And I think that's the major benefit of track. And it's super fun. Like, I mean, a, a lot of people are competitive. There was a guy, Ian, uh, shout out to the homie OG Cannons. We were out at Chuckwalla 
And he got his bike so low that with these Harleys, they don't register that as a proper lean. And then his bike shut off because it thought he had crashed and slid. And he ended up actually low siding his bike because it turned off and he had tried to correct it, but it was too late. And then he just ended up going to the dirt. Damn. Yeah, but th- these these guys are getting it. It's like MotoGP watching these guys. Kind of what you're talking about with, you know, Indian reaching out to people. I know the Harley is on – they're on the same page now because I've been contacted by their marketing about demoing a bike and taking one for a weekend and then talking about it because I don't know if they've seen that, but they're, they're marketing, they're wanting to get in touch with, you know, people within YouTube, the, you know, social media market and whatnot that are kind of focusing around motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're catching on to that because I talked to one of the marketing guys a couple of weeks ago. He called me on a Sunday and was talking go. about yeah. stuff. And, you know, maybe they're trying to catch on there, you know, realizing that there is a, a bigger market in that area because i mean that's where everything's at now it's all social media uh-huh yeah so i don't know yeah we'll find out what happens i mean that'd be cool because i think they need to do a little more work with the pan america that uh it's interesting to see how that goes that they had all this power behind the video like their video release and then my question that i, I haven't seen anyone answer it is Will it be serviceable like only at home? Say you go to an adventure power sports store and you have them service it. Will that void your warranty or you do have to stick with Harley? Because if you are taking your Pan America into the sticks like it's intended to do, and all of a sudden the closest Harley is say 300 miles, but you got Joe's tackle and, and bike shop or whatever, and they are certified techs, I guess, to work on adventure bikes, etc. It, will it avoid your warranty? Is Harley going to be really Harley? Because even to this day, I still hear horror stories. I, we talked about it previously that some guys on the threads are so afraid of avoiding their warranty because Harley will say, if you add anything that's non-Screaming Eagle or Harley, we're going to flag it. It's like, no, I think that's where I understand it. Yes, you know they want to keep everything in-house and there are products, but I don't think that they should try and do scare tactics. I'm not saying it's all the dealerships, but from some of the stuff on Facebook, it makes it seem like it's it's more than, than some to where it's like, oh, if you add a, you know air cleaner, that's not Harley void. It's like, ah, it shouldn't be like that. Or like a not Harley tuner void. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't agree with that aspect too, especially, you know, if, you know, I mean, not just going to a shop that's a certified tech. I mean, you know, some, a very large percentage of people who own bikes are very mechanically inclined and like to do a lot of their own stuff. But a lot of people feel that their hands are tied, that they can't touch your bike because exactly of what you're saying. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, it's frustrating. You know, my dad's in that same boat right now. It's like, he, he just had his 10,000 done on his 19. He's like, I'm tired of spending the money. He goes, I've always done it myself. And, you know, they say, well, it's a lifetime powertrain warranty you to keep bringing it back. But fuck, the services aren't cheap. Yeah, like four hundred bucks. Yeah, and then if you yeah, change your wheel, pain. like your tire, that's like six hundred bucks, like for the labor and the tires. Like, dude, that is wild. Yeah, it's insane. No, thank you. I totally agree. Yeah, but it's pretty dumb. I'm trying to get more people to do. Like, I'm trying. I really want to get more Harleys on the track because, like, over at Chuck Walla, it was. I mean, you wake up. It's kind of annoying, also. Like. I was trying to sleep in, and all you just hear is, like, the bike starting up so they can go to tech. And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, but 
here in Central Texas, I think it's like a small group of us, like uh, let's just say 10 or 15. I know there's probably more than that, but in our immediate area that kind of do, I guess, performance or aggressive riding with our bikes that in order to get that many people out on a track, because I talked to one here locally, they said it's six grand to rent it. And I'm trying to figure out a way to offset that cost as much as I can. So that way people aren't like, oh, hey, it's, you know, $250 to ride the track. It's like, mm, I'm good because they spend so much money on their bikes. But if, say, let's say a partner wants to jump on board and then um, like pay five grand to the 6000 or something for the track, and then all of a sudden, we only have a thousand to cover. And then it's like, cool. So let's say we get twenty people. It's I don't know, like a hundred dollars per person, or I don't, the math is terrible. Five hundred dollars per person. No, that's way too much. The appropriate amount of money for the for the entry fee, and then uh, that would be it. Because then that for sure would get a whole lot more bikes out. Because I understand it's expensive, and then we'd have to figure out the logistics of getting suit rentals or someone wants to let us borrow something like let's say you know the local cycle here has a bunch of used ones or something we can have them out etc so there's still that we're trying to figure out but that's something i'm really passionate about and then i even reached out to some uh dealerships to see if they want to like have me come to their shop for a bike night or even just like hey so so and so is gonna be at your shop for like you know five to six come check it out if you want to and if there's customers in the store i'll just kind of lure them in and just be like, hey, let's talk about track, the benefits of track, who we kind of ride track with. And then, you know, we're also doing cruiser stuff like Texas Track Days is like the main thing I'm trying to push for cruisers. But it's going to be open to everything. But that way it's kind of in partnership with the local motorcycle school that we've been working with really closely. And just start building that presence here in Texas to perhaps one day be able to kind of call people out from California. Like, hey, come on out. We're going to have the same amount of numbers that you all have check out taxes like you know like make a trip of it like vacation come out because east coast is the same way where i get a lot of people asking me like hey how are you getting you know all these tracks like i, I wish i could do that it's you can you just have to find your local track go and just kind of talk to them ask a couple questions and if they're you know if anyone's ever tracked a, a cruiser before and go from there and then if there's a local organization that hosts those track days that I think for California, it was uh, SoCal Track Days that hosted the V-Twin Track Days. And there's also the group V-Twin Track Days. And I'm not sure if that's correct, but it was. I think that's how it was. And then here you have several organizations. You have uh, Ride Smart, which is the one that we usually do. You also have 316 Track Days. And I think you have another one. And then there's also like Aprilia Days at the local track also. That's kind of in the middle of the year. And it's just kind of picking one and then just trying them out. And going from there and seeing which one you like, because some you may like if it's more structured, like let's say the one that I'm here with tonight that will be riding the track tomorrow, you show up and most of them usually have a riders meeting to tell you what the business is, what the flags mean, which is really good. That way, if you see it, you're not scatterbrained like, oh, okay, cool. And you also have open sessions, which was like what we did in California, which is really cool because you can either you can go as many times as you want. You can do like. Oh, you know, I'm going to rest for a little bit. And then you just, if you want to stay out there for the full session, cool. And then you go out to the next session. We had one guy, Murph, that he was in every group. He was in the advanced, intermediate, and the, and the beginner because he's just hooked and just trying to just improve. Him. He's already fast, but just improve, improve, improve. And he just wanted to ride with us too. So it was really cool. And I was tuckered out and just plain old exhausted. I think by noon or two and I was just like, I'm like, my body started cramping. I was chugging a ch bunch of water, eating a bunch of snacks and my body was just still saying, nah, dude, but he was out there the whole time. What about even 
you know, you guys thought about forming like a league? Uh, there's a couple leagues out here, and then California started their 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 own kind of circuits that are just mostly Harleys. But again, here in Central Texas, interesting. That's kind of what this whole Texas track day stuff is—is is just to kind of start somewhere. And then I may—I'm thinking about getting my race license just to have it, and that way next season I'll probably have to pay again. But I can at least do a couple events where I can see what it's like and then kind of speak on it. If people are looking to get it, but I'm—I'm I'm more than fine with uh, just doing the way I do it, where I'm just going to improve on my riding, and then I kind of have competitions with the people I ride on the track with, like "Ha ha, sucker!" And then I just give myself a trophy when I get home. Like, I'll just go get Taco Bell or something as a, as a reward. Like, yeah, bro. <laughs> there you go. This podcast brought to you by Taco Bell. <laughs> Epic timing. <laughs> but no, sounds like a blast. It really is. I mean, it's just, I don't know. The I mean, first I... time I, I, I had that moment where I wasn't on the street and you're just like in full gear. You're just like, oh, dog I don't, I don't know it's just re- i think everyone should try at least once uh well like one open session and then one actual um like a course where they kind of teach you and, and and go in depth on some of the things that you can improve upon etc cetera, etc cetera. Well, i think it'd be fun i mean you, you know, like myself y'all you, you you like to get on those you know you hit some of those twisty sections of the road it's kind of fun you know you you really get onto it you get into the corners but it's like i say you get on the track where you know you got to a clean surface you're in a safer environment because you you don't have to worry about you know traffic and everything else where it's just you on a track where uh-huh. a person should be you know that's where that type of riding is meant for but it probably would be pretty sweet to come to try out a track day and just see what it's all about because it probably would be pretty dang addicting yeah yeah it's super cool and then just i think the other thing that makes track day so much fun is just the camaraderie and like everyone's just really helpful and welcoming that there's a couple people that people will stick to themselves, but they're not rude. That when we went to California, it was just, I mean, open arms. Everyone asked us about our trip. It was really, really welcoming. I thought it was a really awesome time. And then just getting to spend the day with those guys that you've been friends with on Instagram for so long and saw their bikes and then actually seeing them in person, it was wild. That would be pretty sweet. But, you know, the, and I think that's all, you know, like from – this whole adventure, I mean, the whole motorcycle community, I mean, whether, you know, the track or, or what you're doing is it's an awesome community to be part of. And it is, you know, very opening, you know, open arms in a way, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you got any plans, you know, any uh, more performance st- stuff that, you know, you're looking at doing just to help get you to the next level where you're shooting for? Uh, I mean, cam would be dope, but also maybe just a new motor, uh, I'm running like a 36,000 miles now and it's only a matter of time, I think, but just that way, it's, you know, nothing crazy. Like a 131 would be kind of cool, but I think a 114 would be more than competitive enough with a cam and that just that way I can keep up in the straights a little bit and mid controls would be something or custom made rear sets. That would be super sick, but I have a set of wheels coming for that. I purchased from Lindell brakes. Those are going to be game changers because I'm going to be running sport bike tires at that point. And I think that's going to help us get a little bit more sideways when we're uh, in the turns. That should be super sick. I cannot wait for those. That's also just going to look amazing. Uh, and maybe, is that going to go lighten your weight a little bit? I think so. Cause I think the, the stock wheel is like maybe nine, 10 pounds and then uh, maybe 11 for the rear. And then the Lindells are like five or six. So you lose like almost a wheel's weight. 
Yeah, so you know that is a significant savings. Though. I mean, um, you look at the overall picture, the weight of a bike. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just also going to look sick. And then uh, I might paint my tins again. That way, it's just white, and then just give a little different look. So, what about coming back? You know, you, you I know we talked the other day. You, you know, kind of eyeballing. You know, hoping find another bike where you could, you know, still have your road bike, and then you know, still enjoy those travels, but then still also, you know, have your fun track fun. Yeah, I've been getting a lot of questions about that. They like some people are like, "Are you only track now?" And I made a meme where it was like Keanu Reeves from uh, John Wick, where it's like people keep asking if I'm back or whatever. And then uh, I was like, people keep asking me if I'm all track now. And uh, yeah, it would be cool to get a second bike that way I can just make one track only and then still be able to cr- crush miles because. Uh, I kind of just made the sacrifice that with the traction that I've been seeing and the huge support from the companies, uh, like Memphis Shades, huge shout out to them. They really jumped on board. Now I'm waiting for something to get finalized before I make that announcement. Um, but I mean, huge, dude. It was just so awesome for that. And then um, and so I just said, you know, I'm just going to do track most of this year that I'm hoping to start doing like maybe once or three times a month at a local track. And then um, maybe in the fall, I'll just kind of taper down and put on the other tins and start doing a couple of trips again. But I think for most of this year, it's just going to be just nothing but track. The track's found your heart. Yeah, dude. It, it's really your heart's found the track. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so wicked, dude. And, I'm, and then I, it also helped me kind of advance with my trailer builds that uh, I just kind of re-picked up, rekindled that, and then hopefully start working on my van again. So I think that's really neat about it. Since I'll be in it more, it's going to drive me to build it out and I'll get one step closer to the final product, but there's still so much left on that. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, vans are dope. Oh, man, I've seen some freaking amazing ones, man. Some of these people have, you know, they whether, you know, they do it themselves, you know, some people that have them done because that's a, you know, a lot of companies now became a huge thing. But, uh-huh. man, some of these van bills people have are absolutely freaking unreal. Oh, yeah. I'm just hoping to snag me like a van chick just because, like, a lot of those girls that are van lines are so attractive. And I'm just like, <laughs> dog, I'm about it. There you go. I love women. <laughs> oh, yes. I had to key that from that last one. <laughs> Yes, the companionship is nice. So, what's the uh, when's the next big track? You you doing one this weekend? Yeah, I'm doing one tomorrow, and then I'm doing another one on Monday. Same place? No, it's going to be uh, four hours south from where I'm at right now. So, how many tracks you guys have down around you down there? Uh, we have like six, I think, overall in Texas. Uh, we have the only Formula One track in America. We have Circuit of the Americas, which I rode last weekend. It was just so dope. And then we have uh, one in San Marcos. We have there's like one giant track area here where I'm at right now, just southwest of Dallas or Fort Worth. And then there's also, uh, I think, one up by Wichita Falls, which I think is Eagles Canyon or Eagle Soar or something. I have yet to ride that one. But there's a good amount here. You can, you can get around. That's pretty sweet. So they kind of do these every weekend or is just? Yeah, it depends on the organization that you're looking at that uh, okay. some of these at tracks are usually Saturday and Sundays at the one I'm at here. It's oftentimes it's Sunday, Mondays, which works out because my day's off. And then, 
Yeah, they're usually Saturday and Sundays on most of them. So besides the wheels, you got any other, you know, performance upgrades or ideas that you're looking forward in the future just to get you that next level? Oh, inverted would be cool, but not actually. That's I totally forgot. Yeah, I'm gonna do a dual disc front and then a radial master cylinder. I'm thinking Brembo to match the Brembo calipers I want. But in a perfect world, the Magura brake lever and radial master cylinder look sick, but that's twice the amount as the Brembo. The Brembo runs about 300, 350, and then the Magura 15 millimeter runs, uh, I think it was 700 last I checked. Ooh. Yeah, so it's like, oh, I'm good. Yeah. But those calipers are 700 also, so it's like, you know, it'd be crispier just to do the Brembo Brembo because then you're just at 1K versus almost 1,400. Right. And there's nothing wrong with Brembo. I mean, they they do make some fucking nice shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because these would be the ones off of the, I think, the Kawasaki Ninja, the ZX-10. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the one it would be at. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, there's just so much to kind of learn. And um, with the tins that I got, there was a lot of kind of back and forth where I picked up just the fender, hoping that my seat would work. That didn't happen, and my fender struts didn't work, so I had to buy new fender struts, and then I had to get the C and a couple other things. That now a couple people ask me, "Hey, I'm looking to get in the track," or "Hey, I just had it from my first track day. I just got some tins, and now I can pass that information along." Because at first I was kind of the guinea pig, and it was just a bummer to get something and be so excited, and then it not work out, and that now I can be like, "Hey, just heads up, you're gonna need this, this, and this." So that way they can just kind of piece it together. And then once they have everything, they can mount it, and then they can be happy instead of being happy and then sad. Right. So what are you running for tires now? I'm still running the Metzler Cruise Techs. Uh, I really like those for uh, just cruising. But then they've done really well in the track. Let me knock on wood since you know just I just said that I'm buying jeeps myself. But uh, I really like those. Uh, that for a while they were sold out forever. Everyone was buying them out, and then the whole COVID stuff. I guess put a damper on stuff. And then now they're back in stock at a lot of places. And I really like those. They're really good, I guess, performance cruiser tires, how they're marketed. And the mm-hmm. life of the tire is really good that I used to slide my brake out all the time. I was locking it up in traffic. And then uh, so that way I can slide and look cool. And I think I did almost every stoplight and stop sign for a while. And I still got like 9,000, 10,000. And then I ha- I probably had another two to three, but I had a track day coming up. So I just put a nail in it and then took it to my dealership and said, hey, I caught a nail, wheel and tire. And then they were like, okay. <laughs> now you're going to be able to run the same ones even when you get the new wheels? Uh, I still went with Metzler because they jumped on board as a sponsor and partner for the track season. And I thought, you know, let me just stick with, with y'all because y'all have been really supportive. And I said, what do y'all have for sport bike tires that are similar? And then they told me about the Racetech RRs. And it's interesting because once you go to sport bike tires, you have all these different compounds. I mean, with the, the cruisers, you just get one tire, that's it. And like, let's take the Dunlops. You have the 401s, which is a harder, higher mileage tire. And then you have the Dunlop K591, which is more of like your performance tire for cruisers. But it's extremely soft and you can maybe get 5,000 miles. Uh, and that's like if you're riding aggressive. If you ride a little bit more chill, It'll be six to seven. And that's a really interesting tire, both of those, because they have such a, I guess, a high center tread that whenever you turn left or right, you feel it dip. It flicks a lot easier, but then you'll eventually just kind of wear it out and it feels like a normal tire. And then with the 
race techs, I did my little research and then you have your like K1 compound, K2 and K3. And it starts, the K1 is the softest tire. So that way, if you're like in colder climates, et cetera, then you can use the K1. But here in Texas, this is super hot and it was going to be running mostly in the summer. I went with the harder compound. So I did K3s and I think I got a set of one, K2. So that way I can run a K2 in the front and a K3 in the rear and try that out and see how I like a little bit more grip in the front versus the rear and just kind of play with stuff and see how it does with the cruisers. Nice. Sounds like you've definitely uh, done your homework. <laughs> yeah, because there's just so much stuff to look at. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. And it's because sport bikes are just a completely different game for me that I'm not familiar with. Now, what about, I mean, I know we we're talking brake calipers, but have you even, you know, been switching up when it comes to brake pads to try to get the, you know, the best, you know, basically grip you can when it comes to braking? Yeah, uh, Lindo Brakes has three compounds. And I previously ran DP brakes before I partnered up with Lindell. And I've never been a fan of synthetic brakes since like the brake pads since the beginning, because it felt too soft and it just, I felt like I didn't have the stopping power I wanted. Maybe I just brake too late. And I ended up bumping up to the extreme pads, which is their most abrasive for Lindell. And I really liked the way that felt, but that just tore through my rotors. And I mean, cause it's just like grip, you're coming to a stop. And I really like that. And then after about a year, they said, hey, you want to try out our gold, which is their, their middle compound. It's like still abrasive. I think it's some sort of synthetic composite, but it's not quite like their synthetic pads. Their Z Plus, I think, is the, the, the safest for your rotor, so it keeps the color. And so I said, okay, I'll try them, but I just really like your extremes. And I did. And the first couple, like I guess, 50 miles, they felt similar to the, their synthetic, their Z Plus. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like them. And then I just kind of did a couple of hard breaks to, I guess, go through the cycle. And, and maybe they had some sort of finish on them that it finally broke it. And then it felt pretty good. And that's what I'm still running now. And, and they feel good. So that's a good compromise. And it still keeps the color of my rotors a little bit longer. But with me always just kind of mashing on the brakes, front or rear, I just, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's, a, that's a good brake pad compared w- paired with their uh, rotors. Nice. Yeah, because, I mean, <laughs> brakes are kind of important. That's for dang sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I think, why I also engine brake so much is just because it's an added little area for me to kind of, like a safety net. That way, in case I don't brake enough, it still just slows me down. And I just like the noise, too. Now, how's your, your suspension set up and everything with all that? Because you did a lot of suspension work to the rear of that. Yeah. You know, is that all really still benefiting you on the track? Yeah, the rear is amazing. And I also did, I went a little bit taller because whenever I go 17s, I'm going to lose a little bit of clearance. And so I kind of went a little bit taller than I should have. But I really like the way that it rides as it is now. And eventually I'll do some front suspension work because I'm still running um, slightly upgraded stock. I have the progressive heavy duty springs in the front. And then I've paired it with some Dyna tubes to give me a two inch lift to kind of pair up with the such an exaggerated rear shock. Yeah, because you really that really put a lot of lift in the rear years. And I mean you really kind of changed the whole dynamics of it, really the whole setup and stance of everything when you know you did your custom suspension setup. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet because I mean it gave you a whole a whole different look. Yeah, that was 
I, I dig it. It kind of reminded me of my Dyna. I think that's what I was chasing. I really like that height. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. And, you know, it definitely gave you, a, you know, the whole one-off look. I mean, you know, you, you built the bike how you wanted it. You know, you made it yours. Uh-huh, yeah. Now, what are you? Are you still running pump gas, or have you gone to a little bit more octane for what you're doing? No, I'm still running the, I guess the premium. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious, maybe if, if you want a little higher octane, just for you know the possible little bit more boost, or you know if you were still going with uh, just the pump fuel. Yeah, I I don't know if I would notice the difference, just because since I have a stock motor, uh, that I don't know if I would actually feel the difference yeah it's hard to say yeah because it might burn better but i mean my motor's already kind of abused beat up it'll do fine with uh premium every once in a while i'll throw on lead it just because i'll get absent-minded and i'll be like ah okay i'll just mix that in there so your whole setup so you're pretty happy with you know with where everything you got going on besides you know i mean upgrading your wheels and whatnot pretty happy how your whole setup has came together oh yeah yeah i i'm super stoked and it's interesting because I'll go to a bike night here and there and people are like, what is that? And a couple people know it's a Harley, but other people are like, what? And then and the sport bike riders have kind of grown to enjoy what I've done. So it's, it's pretty cool to see that. Well, it's cool to see, you know, that, you know, you've taken, you know, your bike and you've really taken a whole transformation to, you know, the style to what you want to do. And, you know, you've, you've made one wicked looking bike. Thanks, man. Yeah, it kind of went full 180. Well, it's all part of, you know, the, the whole, you know, thing of what we talked about before is, you know, you, you made it yours. You made what you wanted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Purpose-built. Kind of like for what I'm doing. Which is cool. You know, that's one thing I like, you know, is the whole, you know, dare to be different. You know, do, don't copy everybody. Go off on, you know, take the avenue and the road you want to go and, and hit it full speed. Yeah. Freaking sweet. So you got plans to go? Are you, you going to venture out of Cal or out of California? Excuse me, out of Texas at all this? <laughs> you know, this coming summer? Uh, I might. That our boy Frankie, old Frank from uh, New York, Merck's boy, super solid guy. That he had invited us. He's he kind of wants to do Barber out in Alabama, and that would be super sick. But that might be the only thing on my list. Uh, the Tail of the Dragon would be really cool, but I'm pretty much just going to focus on staying in Texas. And then just continue to pay off stuff. That's I'm just trying to get a little bit closer to paying more stuff off and owing less government stuff. Right. Yeah. The American dream right there. <laughs> I get it. 100%. Yeah, so that'd be kind of cool. Sweet. Well, shoot, man. Thanks for kind of, you know, diving into the whole, the whole track theme, you know, you know, something different, you know, everything we've always done on here, you know, I've always done is, you know, travel and whatnot, but I figured it'd be really cool to kind of, you know, bring it back since you've done the, you know, the transformation uh-huh. instead of, you know, so much traveling where you used to be, you know, the whole setup you'd made for your bike for touring and you decided to say, you know what, I want to hit the track. So I thought it'd be pretty cool to kind of take a spin on that. Yeah. Yeah. It was super cool for you to, to think of that and reach out again. That was super dope. Get more people on the track and see what it has to offer because it's not i mean some people may do it and be like nah this is not that good for me i don't like it and then just never do it again right and i mean in some ways you know it's like a you know coming on earlier i mean we all like to you know hit the canyons and the twisties and have fun but you know where you kind of do that 
in a safer controlled environment on the track is you know it, it makes total sense but like i said you know the track isn't for everybody uh-huh, yeah yeah some people may not like it or you may just get hooked like i did yeah one or the other either you, you know you go down the rabbit hole or you don't yeah there's no in between man you're either in or you're not <laughs> exactly well shoot man thanks for you know thanks again for coming back and, and doing this it's a lot of fun you know we've you know, I know we've had a lot of conversations and text messages back and forth over the, the whole time since we kind of built this friendship, you know, months ago. And it's been a lot of fun. I greatly enjoy it. And, you know, it's a pretty cool adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy your podcast, man. You do a really good job. Yeah. Thank you. It's got a little harder now, you know, back to work and whatnot, really trying to juggle it and, you know, try to get everything done. I know it's, it's made things a little bit diff- more difficult for me, but. Man, this whole adventure with this podcast is—I enjoy it so much, and you know, it, it's part of my part of my drive. One thing that's going to keep going is because it's it's so much fun, you know, meeting people like yourself and building these friendships and hearing stories and and just listening to other people's adventures. Yeah, exactly. So we'll shoot, man. All right, brother. You know, this has been a lot of fun. You know, thanks for for diving into the V twin life again and and sharing some of your new adventure. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Anything you want to say? Anything you got in, you know, final notes in closing? Uh, track your Harleys. Check out Jiffy Tune, Shred Moto Co., Zach Nation. They're the homies, the OGs who've been doing this. And I just want to give a shout out and homage to them. Sweet. So, hey, thanks everybody for tuning in to the V Twin Life Mile Post 35 with Connor FXDB. Hey, if you like this content, you guys, you want to talk, you got stories, you want to share something, hey, feel free to get in touch with me. You can hit me up on Instagram at the V2NLife underscore podcast. You can shoot me an email, the V2NLife at gmail.com. And uh, hey, let's get in touch. Don't forget these episodes air every Wednesday. We're going to be ditching the Saturday. We're just going to go every Wednesday every week now. And so, hey, stay tuned, subscribe, follow along. Till then, guys, hey, ride safe, have fun, enjoy the open road. Hey, Connor, stay safe, buddy, have fun, and uh, keep sharing these pictures on social media because I really like to follow along in your adventures, too. Hell yeah, much love, dog. Right on, buddy. Hey, stay safe. Hey, thanks, everybody. You guys all have fun.